So I'm curious, what are the things that you've done in lockdown that you'd never have done before and have actually turned out to be positive? Hi, I'm Emily and I'm a women's empowerment coach. For this series, I'm going to be asking people about their lockdown stories and the positive behaviours, learnings and beliefs that have come from this last year. Today, I have with me a very dear old friend who has agreed to be my first guest. She's a mother, wife and small business owner. And what's more amazing is she works alongside her husband. It's Kate Ashwell from Heartfelt Vintage. Kate, hello. Hello. <laughs> I think we have slightly less of the old friends. <laughs> Very young. And I can't say it's a grey area either, can I, these days? I because they're all so grey. I know. <laughs> um, Kate, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what your lockdown situation has been? Um, so... I run a business, as you said, with my husband uh, called Heartfelt Vintage. And we are, I suppose, in its simplest form, we are a vintage tea room and uh, fashion boutique. Um, and lockdown, to say the least, has been fairly challenging, <laughs> bearing in mind that our business straddles both retail and hospitality, which are two of the areas that have been affected most during lockdown. Um, because Will and I work together, our entire entire income comes from the business. So it's fair to say that there was a fair amount of panic <laughs> when we had to close our business at a moment's notice um, a year ago. Um, so it has been quite a whirlwind and a journey. <laughs> <laughs> through the last year um just surviving just trying to um make sure that we could still earn a living during lockdown and yeah we've had to adapt every few weeks really um it has got easier as time has gone on obviously the more times we've been in and out of lockdown <laughs> the more times we kind of know what's coming um but the really difficult areas have been the sort of opening up bits where we've had all sorts of different tiers and rules and things in place, different rules for retail, different rules for hospitality, people not really knowing what the regulations are, not really understanding what they can and can't do, people getting frustrated because they want to book things and they can't. And so those have been the most difficult times. Ironically, the times where we've actually been in full lockdown has been easiest to manage. Um, so we very quickly within, um, a matter of days of going into lockdown, we switched the business round to offer an afternoon tea delivery service. Um, and that just went crazy in the first lockdown. People were so desperate to do anything that wasn't talking to each other <laughs> or having to go for another walk or just, and also of course, during lockdown we might have been in lockdown but people didn't stop having birthdays and anniversaries and things they wanted to celebrate so um yeah that went absolutely nuts and we probably pushed ourselves a bit too hard in that first lockdown um and we learned from that um 
and then when we've been back in lockdown this time uh, we have continued the afternoon tea deliveries but we've done it in a slightly more manageable way um, and we know what our boundaries are <laughs> what we can cope with um, and of course we haven't really been able to have staff in when we've been in lockdowns so that is has been the fortunate thing about having a family business is that because we're all one household um, we have been able to continue um, but it has meant that there's been a lot of all the work really has fallen onto my shoulders and onto Will's shoulders um, so it's been quite full on but we've we've managed to get through it <laughs> I will be glad to get back to some sort of normality um, but actually I've been trying to remember what we actually used to do <laughs> it's quite difficult now <laughs> I think that's something that we're all challenged with isn't it I, I remember having to phone someone um a few weeks ago when I was trying to book some work in for myself and having to say I, I just couldn't remember what my childcare situation was before Christmas and I was horrified that this sort of part of my brain that had been such a structured part of our, our week our month our year so fundamental had just disappeared i had no memory of what we did before yeah. <laughs> this last lockdown yes yeah, exactly the same with um party booking so our, our biggest earner before lockdown uh was afternoon tea parties um and we had a whole series of afternoon tea party packages which were really really popular for hen parties birthday parties baby showers um and i suppose what we did that was slightly different to other people is that we had this kind of private party booking system where people could book out our entire space have afternoon teas add activities to it and as i said it was really really popular um and yeah earned us our biggest proportion of money we have not been able to have a party since the 23rd of march <laughs> last year at no point in any of the regulations have parties been allowed so um so yeah, so we, we lost, you know, this massive chunk of our income, not only lost it, we also had to like repay deposits or we've had to kind of move. I mean, the administration on the party bookings has been a nightmare because it's always booked in advance. And sometimes people are booking up to a year in advance. So anyway, that's been a bit of a nightmare, but the, the bookings have just started. There's sort of enough confidence, <laughs> consumer confidence now for parties to start coming back in and actually I booked a party yesterday and I just couldn't remember how to do it <laughs> I was like how do we do this what time do people come in how do I, what do I need to tell them do I take money off them I, I think there's a whole process of relearning that we're going through of sort of things that we took for granted that now we're having to remember and start again with and I wonder actually I'm interested to know how much of that is a positive thing because we'll will we do things differently in a new way? I mean, was that something that you're aware of in, in the way that you've handled this, for example, the party bookings? Is, is there anything? Oh God, yeah. I mean, <laughs> the, the learning curve on so many things was just exponential. Um, and I think one of, one of the huge positives is that you very rarely get an opportunity in life where you are forced to stop and it's very easy to be on that hamster wheel of life and to just be going round and round and round and particularly when you run a small business you're often 
working in the business and trying to work on the business and it can sometimes be very difficult to see the woods from the trees and you get very caught up in that day-to-day -day admin and don't necessarily have time to think about the bigger picture um, and yeah we certainly having been forced into really changing our business and cha completely changing our business model um, alongside that it allowed us an opportunity to really reflect on what we were doing and I think we also really really honed down what it was that we offered so much of our business was about people coming into our space and having that experience in our space and suddenly they couldn't do that and we'd never done we'd done deliveries for sort of bigger parties for kind of like 10 people 15 people you know small weddings that kind of stuff but we'd always gone and set that up and kind of hosted that. So it might have been in a different space, but we were still there. Um, so we were still able to kind of sprinkle that heartfelt vintage magic over it and have some sort of control over how that party felt and went and how we wanted it to, you know, to sell our product as in our afternoon tea, as it were. And suddenly we're in this situation where it was like, well, we're just putting it in a box and sending it off to people and we have no control over how that's presented how people might eat it will they put the scones in the microwave in the not in the microwave will they put the scones in the oven to heat them up because that's how they taste best um will they leave the sandwiches out for ages before they eat them <laughs> and they'll go curly you know all those kind of things that you're like god i have no control over that so um it was really good, I think, for us to relinquish a bit of that control. It meant that we did have to really make sure that the product that we were sending out was really good. Not that it wasn't before, but like we really had to make sure that it was spot on. Um, and we also had to be really clear about what we could and couldn't deliver. We, we had to sort of adapt the menus so that they became a little bit simpler, so that they appealed to a wider range of people. Um, and yeah so there's all sorts of things that we've learned um and realized the stuff that we don't want to go back to doing <laughs> it's like do you know what that was a ball lake i don't want to continue to do that well let's not um so i think having that false break was really useful yeah but interestingly how has it felt to um be able to step back and reevaluate and say actually here's our chance to to change things that we've always done and do things a bit differently. Now you've got, now as the world opens up, what does that, looking back, what has that felt like for you? It's been a mixture. I would say that it, in some senses, it's been that, that sense of being able to rewrite the future um, has been extremely exhilarating. And I've definitely had moments of huge kind of, positive energy and loads of enthusiasm and uh just feeling like wow you know we can do whatever we want and and yeah that's really really positive the flip side of that is the days where we've been knackered and exhausted and panicked and feeling like the world's never going to return to normal and um do we want to really want to be taking more risks and um being filled with self-doubt so one of the biggest things that that's come out of this for us is that we have decided to rebrand and we're changing our name um 
which was literally a conversation that Will and I had. I was sitting in the, in the living room and I just said to him, I was like, I don't think that our brand name works outside our space. I think that heartfelt vintage on a box that's filled with afternoon tea that is being dropped off on somebody's doorstep doesn't really match with what we're delivering. I think people having afternoon tea in our space and being surrounded by vintage clothes and you know having it with the vintage china then heartfelt vintage makes absolutely loads of sense but suddenly it felt like there was this big disconnect when we went uh outside our space with the brand that we'd kind of built um and you know i just said look i i think that we should put our names on the business and you know it is our business but at the same time we and we always want to be part of the business but we also want to grow the business and if we put our names on it it means that we'll always be part of it irrelevant of how big it gets <laughs> um so that was a you know that felt really positive to do that and kind of take that control and just say yeah we're going to do this and we're we're sort of most of the way through that process at the moment and the hope is that uh, we will relaunch when hospitality is allowed to reopen after the 17th of May. And is, is that, um, I'm just curious actually, so is, is that rebrand, was that always part of your plan or is that because you have through throughout this last year of lockdowns and COVID had to take your business more outside of your space as you've said and therefore the rebranding has come from that and that totally redefine the future of your business is that what i'm understanding yeah so it definitely it's come that rebrand has come as a result of of lockdowns and and yeah the past year definitely i mean we would had conversations about it a couple of years previously and then we kind of knocked it on the head because other things had taken over and then before 2020 going into 2020 i definitely had a sense the business was nearly six years old um and I'd had a bit of a sense that we needed to, we'd had a really, 2019 was a really, really good year for us. There was a lot of growth in that year. You know, they do say that you get to five years in business and you definitely get a, you, you feel like you've become established and enough people know about you where you can slightly take your foot off the gas in terms of having to constantly, constantly promote yourselves. Um, and we definitely got that sense. We had this amazing year. And then we went into 2020. And to be honest, even before the pandemic, there was a slightly kind of rocky feel to the beginning of 2020. I don't know what that was about. <laughs> um, but um, energetically, it kind of felt a bit strange. Um, and yeah, the sort of pattern of how people were booking was slightly changing. Um, little did we know there was a massive pandemic around the corner. That's what the energy was telling us about. I was just thinking uh, um, before the storm, that's what it yeah. felt like, yeah. Absolutely. Um, so I'd sort of had a bit of a sense of, I feel like there needs to be some growth and some progression. I feel like we can't stand still. Um, and that's partly me. I don't like standing still. I like to feel like there's always some kind of forward momentum. Um, but we'd reached that sort of tricky point in the business, which everybody reaches before you grow, which is, you know, you need like some capital investment. You know that you need to take that next step, 
which is going to probably mean that you have to get yourself into more financial debt and you have to once again take a risk like you do right at the beginning of starting a business um and you know that growth phase is as challenging as when you first start because you essentially have to do that all over again and so we were sort of staring into the the barrel of having to grow um but not quite knowing how to do it well, um, and then yeah lo and behold the pandemic <laughs> did it for you yeah the <laughs> pandemic just went oh yeah right well you can't do what you have been doing you've got to completely change what you're doing so hello opportunity to uh, reevaluate and look at what you want in life and um yeah so i think one of the biggest things that i in fact i was talking to a friend about this yesterday one of the biggest things I want to hold on to as something that I've learned in the last 12 months is uh, not to not to be so fearful is to kind of lose um, lose that anxiety around taking risk um, and you know risk is obviously a tricky thing to manage from a uh, anxiety point of view, particularly when you run a family business and your whole livelihood is based around that. But you know what, if, if somebody had said to me, oh, you know, you're gonna have to take your business through a pandemic, I, and I'd had some advance warning on that. I'd just be like, oh my God, no, I can't do that. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh God. <laughs> but now standing today and looking back and thinking what you have been through and the amount of fears. I mean, as a close friend of yours, I've, I've seen the exhaustion and the anxiety and the pressure that you faced with all the constant changes and new moves, but... How does it make you feel looking back sort of I imagine you up on a hill and looking down on Kate going through uh, you know what she's been through over the last year what what comes up for you looking back um the word that keeps coming up time and time again when I think about it is resilience um and I don't think you realize how resilient you are until you are faced with a situation I mean this is, and I absolutely hate to use it, but it is unprecedented. Like, <laughs> we, we, nobody could predict how this was going to go. Um, and you just don't know how resilient you can be until you're faced with uh, an unprecedented situation like this. Um, and I think there is a confidence that comes from acknowledging that resilience and resourcefulness. And, you know, I think it's, there is a whole difference between that kind of, you know, what we've portrayed on Instagram <laughs> versus the reality of family life while running a small business in a, in a pandemic. Um, but, you know, I, a lot of people have been in touch and said, you know, God, what you guys have done in the last 12 months is amazing. And those moments have been really nice because I think it's, you know, we've spent so much time just fighting fires and chopping and changing. And, you know, occasionally people will say, oh, but this bit on your website isn't right. And you're like, that's because I've changed the website 456 times in the last 24 hours. Like, don't tell me that the dates are slightly wrong. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, the flip side of that is just having, having other people 
um, comment on how how well they feel that your business has come across through this time. And I'm really proud of that. And I don't think um, it's, you don't necessarily get many opportunities in life to sort of stand back and think, oh, do you know what? <laughs> I did a good job with that. Um, and I am really proud of how we handled the, pan the pandemic. I'm really proud how quickly we changed our business, um, how, yeah, just how we could be, we adapted so quickly. We have been incredibly resourceful. We've worked our asses off. <laughs> and you're still married. I think that's something we haven't really even touched on yet. Like, you know, it's one thing to listen to this story of like progression in a business and adaption and growth, but you've done it alongside your husband, which tell us without exposing all the details um but tell us i mean that must have had a massive impact on your family life it has um oh yeah i mean it's 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 really difficult i think um it's so, the balance shifts like um i think what's really tricky when you work together is to remember the marriage bit and to remember why you like each other outside of your business <laughs> um, and separating how you feel emotionally about your partner as a business partner and how you feel emotionally about your partner as a husband <laughs> or wife. Um, yeah, that is a very, very tricky balance. Um, lessons that you've learned from how to do that. I mean, what is the secret, Kate? <laughs> Therapy. <laughs> Find someone else to talk to is absolutely my <laughs> my lesson in that. Um, yeah, honestly, I I think um, when was it? I think it was back in October. Um, I just thought, you know, I thought, you know, I for my own kind of um, mental health, and um, actually, I didn't go into therapy with the necessarily with the prospect of talking about my relationship but obviously it's so interlinked it, how can you not have those conversations um, and actually in all seriousness having a having a third party to be able to give you some perspective on things and that really helped me to re-engage with Will as my husband rather than my business partner and it just reminded me um, of you know the reasons it, it sort of took me back back before we had the business and kind of just gave me a moment to remind myself sort of what makes us tick as a couple not as business partners um and yeah to to remember the sort of joy <laughs> of uh of things and why you know why we connect as a couple and it, i'm interested is that something that you um again were you doing that before lockdown or is that something because that sounds like a really positive thing whether you're in a pandemic or not if you're working with your partner yeah so it wasn't it wasn't happening before I've never had um therapy on my own um before I would say that probably yes the pandemic I mean like a lot of people you know we've we've had a lot of time to think <laughs> um and I've always had probably a quite a low level of anxiety, a low level, I've always been, I'm somebody that struggles to kind of let things go. Um, 
I, I will have things that will churn over and over and over in my head and go round and round and round. I tend to uh, overthink things. For the first time ever in the business, we had always, always, again, because people had always come into our space, there's something very comforting about that when you uh, are running a business that is so customer facing because you can kind of control the environment. And so the feedback that we'd had from people was always really, really positive. And for the first time ever in the business, we had complaints about our afternoon teas. We didn't have loads considering the thousands that we've done. <laughs> it's a very, very small amount of people, but some of them were really vicious. And it says more probably about the person doing the complaining than it said about what we were doing. I think there was a, there's a whole kind of reasons around, particularly that I think there's, there's two that I can remember that were just so harsh <laughs> that you just think, whoo, okay. <laughs> um, and they felt like very, very personal attacks. And I think we had a slight issue with the fact that because of the lockdown, because people were feeling overwhelmed and anxious and all this kind of stuff um they were putting so much pressure on us delivering essentially some tea and cake they in their heads were kind of building it up to this thing that was kind of going to solve all their problems that week which is a huge amount of pressure to suddenly be under and i found that really difficult to deal with it really kind of sent me and and you know will to some extent but he's kind of a little bit more able to he'll take it quite personally in the moment, but then can quite quickly kind of go, oh, well, whatever. Um, whereas I will just sit on that stuff for weeks. <laughs> Suddenly being in this more highly pressurized situation made me go, do you know what? I don't want to do that anymore. And I want to find some coping mechanisms for that. And, you know, if our plan is to grow the business, as we grow the business, we're going to lose more control over how we do things. We're good. There's going to be a time in the business where it won't be me and Will in the shop. I'm hoping it'll be other people. Uh, and we are going to be open to more criticism and other people, you know, there will be things that people will complain about because it's inevitable when you run a customer facing business that at some point somebody's going to say something negative about you. You just can't avoid that. I cannot spend my entire life being so scared of negative criticism that it's going to send me into a meltdown every time it happens. And I guess it goes back to what you were saying about not being fearful. Yeah. You know, taking that with you, not being so fearful about all these things that could, could happen. Yeah. And I think that sort of cycle of trying not to ever receive criticism it's exhausting because the, the bar that you set yourself is so high because you're worried about anybody saying anything negative about you. And of course, you know, there is a genuine uh, problem that businesses have nowadays, which is that anybody can publicly criticize your business and, you know, it can have a knock on effect, you know, a bad Google review um, can be problematic for a business. Um, so there is definitely a fear around that, but yeah, you can't spend your entire life trying 
you know, obviously you want to run the best business that you can and make sure that every single person that comes through your door has an amazing time. But similarly, there's always going to be people that just don't get what you do, don't like what you do. And for one reason or another, are having a bad day or whatever and want to take it out on somebody. There are occasions where you just, you know, the bread just doesn't quite rise right. <laughs> and, you know, whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't want to live in fear of that and have to constantly be striving for some perfection that just doesn't exist. <laughs> um, so I think, yeah, definitely the, you know, the pandemic forced that issue for me. And, and I just thought, you know what, I don't really know what I'm going to talk to a therapist about. I know that I need some help. Everything at the time that I went to the therapist, everything felt very overwhelming. Um, it was, yeah, so it was, yeah, probably it was the end of September, October last year. So we were going into the winter clocks going back it's always it's quite a hard time of year for a lot of people I think anyway um, and just the uncertainty we still weren't there was still no sense of normality returning um, and there was no light at the end of the tunnel at that point so it felt like we were just staring down the barrel of this very bleak long winter um, and everything felt very very overwhelming and yeah so I am um, I contacted a therapist who, yeah, was fantastic. And there was all sorts of things that, that came up that um, I had no idea. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? I, I've, you know, my experience as well, when I've spoken to people, I always remember walking in thinking, oh, I've got no idea what I'm going to be talking about this time. And then out it comes. Yeah. Two minutes later, there you are. <laughs> <laughs> um I am I'm really fascinated Kate to um kind of we've touched upon business we've touched upon the family um but what I'm I guess what I want to get from this podcast really and from this conversation is what do you think has been your key takeaways from what you've learned this year definitely the resilience definitely the not being so fearful overriding all of that is just this sentiment of like just bloody do it <laughs> don't sit around and wait for it if you want to do something just bloody do it because the worst that could have happened it's happened <laughs> and i'm not going to I'm not going to put my ambitions on hold. I'm not going to say, well, we'll do that tomorrow. I'm going to start making that stuff happen now. And I'm not going to apologize for having big dreams. Um, and I'm going to reach for those dreams. And if I, you know, if I get there, great. If I get 50% of the way there, great. <laughs> but it's better than not having not having dreamed and not having started. And, and I've looked at, you know, there's a lot of business people out there that I really respect and admire. And I often think, God, how did you get there? How come you run this multi-million pound business? How come you've got 24 shops around the country and you've been in business as long as me? And how, you know, and the truth of the matter is, there's only one difference between that person and me. And that's is that they just bloody do it and they just get on with it. And 
they take those risks. They take the big breath and they just think, yeah, okay. And they have the chutzpah to, to do it. And, you know, I've always seen myself as a, as a relatively ballsy person. You know, I have taken risks. I have, you know, risked things to set up the business. Um, but I think after six years of having been in business, we were starting to get a little bit complacent. And a little bit like, oh, well, this is kind of okay. And there was definitely a moment, I remember it in early 2020, thinking, if this is how far the business goes, this business could run like this for the next 20 years. If that is the case, will I be happy with that? And I can categorically say now, no. I don't want to compromise. I don't want to, to have the nice little business that runs along and, and you know, it, it affords us a nice life. And, but you know, to be honest, we'll probably be a bit bored by it. Um, you know, I want the, you know, I want the big dream. I want the, I want the department store with my name over it. I want Ashwell and Co to be, you know, <laughs> ready. Yeah. And, you know, when people say to me, oh, why have you changed the name to Ashwell and Co? And actually I, I should start saying this more. <laughs> I've started saying it to a few people. And it's like, it's Ashwell and Co because I'm going to be the next fucking Harry Selfridge bitch. <laughs> you no, know, I think it's wonderful to, um, you know, actually in listening to your story, what comes, what strikes me is that actually, it sounds like even though this year there's been a lot of blood, sweat and tears and pain and anxiety, but actually rising out of it, listening to your story comes this real sense of strength. And as you say, resilience and determination, like watching you describe that vision and that goal. I, you know, there's such strong determination. So I guess I'm interested to know, um, how do you think this last year has shaped your future? I think it's, I think it's changed the course of our future uh, irrevocably in a, in a positive way. Um, because interestingly, a lot of conversations that I've been party to um, during lockdown has been about mindset. And I feel like my mindset has shifted. And I think before, Definitely, there was a lot of fear that was that was governing the decisions that I was making, um, and a, and a large the, the biggest part of that fear was financial fear, was financial ruin, was um, yeah not uh, yeah not being secure financially, and I've always felt this kind of weight of needing to make sure that obviously our family is provided for and and all of that and yeah and of course the again the pandemic you know financially everything was just completely blown out of the water <laughs> um and I think I've realized two things one if I really need money I can get it <laughs> I've got that resourcefulness to, to find it and get it in some way, shape or form. Um, and also, secondly, like that, the, the financial shouldn't govern the decisions I make in my business. My passion 
uh, is the thing that should govern my decisions. Um, and it's a subtle shift, but it's made quite a big difference to my mindset. Because I think if, you're, if you are passionate about something, if you're enthusiastic about it, it A, gives you the drive and the ambition to want to succeed, but also the people that are then around you, the people that you then want to bring on that journey with you, if you've got that passion, then they will come along with you. You know, people will then want to invest in your business. They'll want to be part of that journey. They'll understand the vision. But if you're going to people sort of saying, oh, well, you know, or oh, I want to do this, but I need half a million quid or, and I don't know if, I, if I'll find that and blah, 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 blah. Then people are really like, yeah, you probably won't find that money. <laughs> so yeah, just, just shifting that, just making sure that I'm putting that passion and enthusiasm back into the center of the decision, decision making, rather than that much more fear driven uh, financial decision making. And of course, the two things have got to come hand in hand. But I think, um, yeah, passion first, and then the rest of it will follow. Um, if you don't have the passion, then you're just left with <laughs> worrying about money, which is not where I want to be. So yeah, I think um, definitely that, that mindset shift um, is something that I will carry with me. And I've made kind of, I, I sort of say out loud to myself every so often, things like I've said in this conversation, you know, I will remember not to be so fearful. And I keep coming back to those things because I think as we come out of lockdown, it's going to be really, really easy to forget that stuff. And I don't want to very quickly revert back to how things were. So I've kind of made these almost like affirmations, I suppose, to just keep reminding myself as we come out of lockdown, as I potentially find excuses for not doing the big dream because other things take over. <laughs> it's just to remind myself, it's like, no, you have the resilience, you have the resourcefulness and remember the passion. Um, and um, yeah, so remind me of that when I'm like, oh no. <laughs> I'll just play this back to you over and over again. What I'll do, Kate, is I'll have you over to my house and lock you in a room, and then I'll have this interview on repeat. And then eventually, you can come out when you can repeat it back to me. <laughs> yeah. Good. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. It's been a real honor listening to um, your lessons and just understanding and hearing what you've all been through over the last year. And I think a lot of people will take a lot of great things from what you've said and shared today. So thank you. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's been nice to, to talk about. It's good to have a moment of reflection. <laughs> One thing I am going to ask all my guests that come on this, this show is um, what, on a, on a more food related basis, what has been your actual favorite lockdown takeaway? Oh, my favourite lockdown takeaway. Oh, there's been quite a lot. <laughs> Maybe I should have given you more time. <laughs> I know. I'm a busy well, woman, Emily. <laughs> <laughs> what is my favourite top ten? Um, I would say probably I'll do a family favourite because definitely ones that uh, I will eat that other people <laughs> won't eat. Um, uh there is an amazing 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 noodle place in uh cotton and they're called mr noodle and i can't remember what the that's not their so again they did a really amazing shift 
in lockdown, they, the guys that run it are Michelin trained chefs. They're amazing, amazing chefs. And they couldn't run their sort of quite high end restaurant during lockdown. Like their food just didn't translate to takeaway and things like that. So they decided that they were going to make ramen noodles. Oh. And they were going to make the best, like uh, most amazing ramen noodles, the most authentic ramen noodles that they could make. And they actually make the noodles from scratch. Um, they cook their broths for about like three days beforehand. Um, oh my God. I actually am, I'm salivating listening to this. Oh, that was definitely, you know, when you have something where you're just like, this is the best version of this that I have ever tasted. And it was a takeaway. It wasn't even in a restaurant, you know? Ah, amazing. Yeah. I think so yeah, Mr. Noodle. <laughs> Yeah, and find me some Mr. Noodles tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, baby. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Kate. It's been a real pleasure. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you for listening to Lockdown Takeaways. I hope you've enjoyed my chat with Kate. Please get in touch if you would like to share your stories. And I hope you'll join us again for another episode. See you soon. <laughs>